Um, it's great to see you again. Um, I'm going to speak um, around a title, and please forgive me when I tell you the title. I, I, I made the title like a graphic earlier, and then I want to change it slightly because I felt it was a bit harsh. Um, my title was originally, You're Doing It Wrong, um, but I want to change it to we're doing it wrong, because I actually feel convicted that this is something that, that I myself as well, I, I'm very much trying to learn um, something that we go along with. And so tonight is usually what I'll do is you could probably predict the way I'll preach. I'll read out a sermon or I'll read out a passage and then I'll just go tell a bit of a story and then just break through the, the passage. But tonight I just want to, the topic I'm going to be speaking on is looking at this idea of power that Jesus' name brings power. And so it would be so, so poor of me to preach one scripture of the power of Jesus because this book is filled with Jesus' power, is filled with stories, is filled with, uh, is filled with miracles, is filled with so many things from, from literally from Genesis right through to Revelation. There's not a book that doesn't talk about the power of Jesus. And so as well, if you could forgive me as well, I'm not going to be speaking of every scripture because literally I could just read the whole Bible and it would tell about the power of Jesus, but I just want to pick out a couple of scriptures about what I feel um, would be sort of, that would help us today as followers of Jesus, the church today, what could help us understand about the power of Jesus, the name of Jesus, and just the mention of his name, of the power that that can bring. Uh, and so before I even start there, I want to tell or show you a bit of an illustration, which fingers crossed this works, because I had a crack at it before and it didn't work out. So, uh, but is anyone like, well, I'm not going to ask because no one likes it, but we don't like being proved wrong. Sure, we don't. We don't like being corrected. We don't like someone telling me, probably at the me mentioning you're doing it wrong. You're like, I'm not. I don't even know what you're talking about, but I'm not. I'm doing it right. Um, but I've, I have uh, social media, and I flick through social media, Facebook sometimes, and it brings up like these wee things of everyday life stuff that we are doing wrong that I never knew that I was doing wrong, and it showed me. And so I've got a couple of examples here with me. So a total own bar, like, you're like, what? They only come out at Christmas. <laughs> and you see, you know when it comes out at Christmas, because no one tries to wrap it any differently. It's a big triangular shaped thing, like, it's a Toblerone. But I didn't know this until uh, the other day I practiced. And so my normal reaction to getting a Toblerone would be to try and take a chunk out like this. Anyone else there with me would just try it. And, and the spiky bit goes into the roof of my mouth. And you're thinking, why are you doing that? Like, that's always going to happen. Don't be that daft. But that's usually, like, I just see chalk. I'm like eight, like, but I, so that's one way I just bite it and hurt myself or you try to break it and it, you, you're breaking bits of tinfoil in your mouth or whatever, but there's apparently this method. Now, see if you've been doing this all your life, then you're the genius and I'm the idiot, but apparently if you squeeze the top here, it breaks off. Who knew? Did anyone know that? Does anyone know a Tolerone? Do you know what? This is great. What a start. Does anyone want Tolerone, Kelsey? You're not allowed chocolate. Um, so there's one, so everyone asked is going to be sold out of Toblerones because we're like, I don't believe him. What was that wizardry he done up there? I'll try to get him myself. But there's one, another one. Let me show you more because we're excited now. Baco foil. Does anyone know? So one of the struggle that we have with this is you take it out and, uh, and you try to pull a bit and it's spinning everywhere and you're trying to rip it. And, and Kelsey, was it your granny bought us these cool wee contraption things where it just fits in and has wee like cutters and everything for it? But I didn't know that. But when I uh, was, at, was at home with, in, in mom's house, I would have had to take it out of the thing, set this down, take a bit of tinfoil, put it back in the box, put it away. But I didn't know there was these wee tabs on the side of here. Does anyone know these? 
A couple of people know? All women. Look at Marion Harris. I knew that! <laughs> Apparently there's these wee tabs that you can push in the side, which I'm struggling to do. But Marion will show you after. <laughs> so you do, Marion. Is that what you do? <laughs> Apparently you push these wee tabs in, and it keeps the, the tinfoil in there. And it's just, so there's your wee tinfoil holder there. What a time to be alive, guys, eh? Who wants this? <laughs> no one wants the tinfoil. Toblerone! Um, and one more. It's like Mary Poppins' bag under here. <laughs> Tin of Coke. Oh, I... What, we mentioned the Bible earlier and no one said anything. Now, Tin of Coke. Oh, I'll have that. Tin of Coke. You probably know this one, but this is just another wee simple one. The wee thing that everyone loses their fingernails on isn't just to open it, but you spin it round. Um, for all those people who use straws, why do you use a straw? Um, and the wee, the straw goes in the wee bit and keeps your straw there. What a tide. <laughs> I need you to hold that or else we'll be spilling this everywhere. So you've, look, don't say I don't treat you. Toblerone on it, what a... Love your wife as Christ loves the church and all that. Um, but this is wee simple things that, that we just looked at. Wee simple things. And there's, there's genuinely many more of different wee everyday items that we use, but we just don't use them properly. We just break a bit of tin or break a bit of Toblerone off or just rip a bit of tin foil and throw it back in the box. Or I don't even know if you, you use a, a tin of Coke that way. But it's all these wee simple things that we're just not using properly. And, and for me, the Toblerone one was an eye opener because I have many, many a cold sores and ulcers in my mouth because it was like, why do they make the pointed and why does it hurt me every time? But many times when we look at actually using things in the right way, we get to experience it in its full potential. You get more use out of it when you use it in the way it's intended. There's many things in that life. Another one is phones. Like phones are just so advanced now, but there's so many different apps and different things that we can use a phone for that maybe you find out, I can do that with my phone. There's an app for that. And it just opens your eyes to, I can, there's more things that I can use this for. I am getting the full use out of this. And I believe that as followers of Jesus, it's very similar to that, that if we would fully use this Bible, if we would use this book, if we would use the power that, that Jesus wants to bring to your life and mine to, in the way it's intended, we would get so much more use out of, of this Christian life. But I feel sometimes that daily, a bit like these everyday items that you use, daily, we're just going through the life just with the mundane perspective of it all. Just the mundane thinking, I'm happy enough to go along with that, you know. Christian, being a Christian just means that I get up and I say a wee prayer in the morning and I do my daily thing. And do you know what? If I'll, use, I'll go to church on a Sunday to keep in the good side of Jesus so I can keep my wee like hotline ticket. So if I need Jesus, I'll just phone him and say, help us out here. Can you do this for me? I'm praying for someone. And I believe the church that there is so much more that to a relationship with Jesus. There's so much more as being a follow, a follower of Jesus. We weren't supposed to make Jesus. I feel like sometimes we've we've reduced him into this we like pocket-sized savior that we can just stick in our back pocket. And Jesus, you can come along we with along with me and my adventures, and I'll pull you out when I need you. But come on, we'll just we'll just go through life, and I'll, I'll get your advice every now and then. But I, I want to tell us, church, that I am here to say, we, we are doing this wrong. 
We are doing this so wrong. There is more intended for the Christian life than just doing a couple of services during the week and maybe a Bible week in the summer and we'll celebrate Christmas and we'll celebrate Easter and maybe a baptism. There is more to this story. There's more to this walk with God. There's more. We're not getting the full potential, me included. We're not getting the full potential out of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And there's this wee hidden piece of scripture that I found the other day. And it's in John chapter 20, and it's verse 31. And there's just this wee small section. If you have your your Bible, uh, sometimes the the title will come up. And the title that came up for for John chapter 30, uh, John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31, was the purpose of this book. And it says this, it's up there on the screen. It says, but these, talking about the stories and the disciples' stories of Jesus, says, these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and listen to this, and, by, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. Believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. You will have life by the power of his name. You will have life by the power of his name. Shut up, David, but I want to say it again. You will have life by the power of his name. And so the, the night, tonight I want to share a bit of a thought around this. It says there that you will have life by the power of his name. But tonight I want to flip that. Tonight I want to flip that last line you see there. And I want to say this, that I believe that Jesus' name brings power to your life. Jesus' name brings power to your life. And this word has been resonating with me for the past couple of days. This morning, it felt like every time the word power came up on the screen, it jumped out. It felt like every time I read power in the Bible, it jumped out. It felt when John said power, it jumped out. I don't even know if John said power, but it felt like he was just saying power, 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 power. And it's just this idea that I feel that Jesus' name can bring power to your life. And I want to also say this as a disclaimer before I move on to look at what the Bible says many times. But I want to say this. If your life is looking like it, it doesn't, that Jesus' name doesn't bring power to your life, then I want to say we're doing it wrong. We're doing it wrong because I, I showed you a bar of Toblerone there and I, I, I broke it in a certain way that I believe that the, the manufacturers intended it to be broken. I don't know if it was. It could just be a wee hack. But that was maybe the intention that they had to do that. And not one of you thought, spoof, that's a lie, that's rubbish. You automatically assumed, I've been doing it wrong the whole time. I've been breaking it the wrong way. Or who knew it was that simple? And I want to say that the same as, as the Bible that tonight, if you're looking at your life and being like, do you know what? I don't actually believe that the name of Jesus, the actual written five-letter name of Jesus that we say in the English translation is bringing part of my name. Then can I make an, an assumption that we are doing it wrong? That we are not doing this the, the, the way God, the manufacturer of our lives intended it to be? I believe that the, the, the purpose of our life is, and the purpose of the book and the purpose of Jesus coming to the earth was so that he could bring power to our names. And so I want to look at a couple of, a couple of points, uh, four points tonight that I believe that Jesus wants to bring power to different areas of your life. Is that okay? And so the first one is this. I believe that he wants to bring the power for you to be free. The power to be free. Free. Jesus' name brings the power of freedom. And this is something that we learn probably from Sunday school right up. It's a constant thing. It's in our worship all the time. It's people preach on it. But it's something that we hear a lot as Jesus brings the power of freedom. But if we're honest, and I'll definitely be honest with myself here, I sometimes feel like I'm still in chains. I feel like I'm still in bondage. I feel like as a follower of Jesus, I'm supposed to be free. And 
But sometimes I feel still in bondage. It feels like this is something that we hear about so often. But if we're honest, we don't really feel like we're living it properly. We don't feel like we're really the free people that Jesus intended. John 8, 36 says, So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Jesus brings freedom into your life. And so tonight I want to ask you, tonight church, do you feel free? Rhetorical question, don't want all your answers back, I won't know how to deal with them. But do you feel free? Does your life look free? Is your actions of how you live your everyday life, if you're in here and you're a follower of Jesus, is your actions of your everyday life proving that you are free? Because if not, then, then we ask the question, well, am I really free or am I fully understanding this freedom? Do you live in freedom? Do you worship in freedom? Or do we feel like when it comes, I'll be free at a certain time, but see when it comes to worship, David, I'll, I'll feel like the chain, I'm, I'm bounded in chains again and I stand still and I'm, my arms aren't moving because I'm, or are you worshiping in freedom? Because I believe that Jesus came, not just for you to have freedom in certain areas of your life, but for you to have a free every area of your life. For you to be free in worship, for you to be free in your home, in church, in your workplace, wherever you are, I believe that Jesus intended, not just to handpick, you'll be free here and be free, but to live in freedom in every area of your life. And for me, sometimes I feel like, do you know what? I just don't feel free. I don't feel free. Sometimes if Jesus has set me free, but I don't feel it. And so I want to read a portion of scripture. It's, it, it is maybe 10 verses long. And it's in Romans chapter 7. Malcolm talked about it last week. About Romans chapter 7, verse 14. It's going to come up your screen or you can follow along your Bible. But this, for me, sums up, even right now, as a follower of Jesus, yes, someone is up in the pulpit saying they struggle with this, but this is how I feel still today and a follower of Jesus. Uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 14. So the trouble is not with the law, for it's the spiritual and good. The trouble is with me. For I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So if you're in here tonight and you're making, you, you sin during the week, but you know you're doing wrong, then let me assure you that we're, there's hope for us yet. There is hope for us yet. Verse 17, so I am not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing it. It is the sin living in me that does that. Verse 21 goes on to say, I have discovered this principle of life, that when I do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Verse 24, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life dominated by sin and death? We'll stop there for a couple of minutes. And, and I know some of that's quite hard to raise, some of that's quite hard to follow. But see, if we're honest, that's the muddle up that we have in our lives, in our minds every day, isn't it? I want to do what's right, but I end up doing what's wrong. But I do want to do what's wrong, and sometimes I do it anyway. And this, this is the confusion of sin that we live with, church. And if that was hard to read, well, great. Because see, for me, it's hard to try and work out in my head. It's hard to try and live with. It's hard to try and work out in our heads. But if I, I believe that the, the answer for this is what we have said. 
The name of Jesus brings power to your life. And look at verse 25. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank God the answer to this problem is in Jesus Christ our Lord. And yes, Paul is talking about the fact that Jesus came and died on a cross so that you and I would be sinless and righteous. But I think there's more to that. I believe that actually in the name of Jesus Christ, there is power for you and I in our, in our struggles today to be able to go, do you know what? Jesus died on the cross for me, so I'm just going to pray and believe in the name of Jesus Christ because there is power in the name of Jesus to take this sin away from me, to take this temptation away from me, to take this struggle away from me, and I'm not going to be bounded by the chains that the enemy is going to put on me, but I'm going to believe in the name and the answer that is Jesus Christ and, and one thing that we'll do a bit later on, I want to do later on, is this idea that I actually do truthfully believe that at the mention of the name Jesus, there is power. I don't believe it's just a thought. I don't believe that it's just a, a, a pretending thing. I actually believe, church, that when you speak the name of Jesus over your life, darkness flees. I believe that when you speak the name of Jesus over your situations, chains are broken. I believe that when you speak the name of Jesus over your life, hope is found. I believe there is literally power at the mention of the name of Jesus. Galatians 5.1 says this, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up in slavery again to the law. And so as followers of Jesus, we can choose to live in freedom or go back to live in slavery. Because if you're in, you've made a decision to follow Jesus, then you're free. You are free and so you have freedom. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to actually live like you're free? Or are you going to walk back in, in the bondage of sin that Jesus has paid for you from? and walk out when it suits you? Or are you going to live in freedom, church? When it comes to worship, are you going to freely worship? Or are you going to say, do you know what? I'm bound by sin here, so I'll just let the enemy hold my arms down. Or are you going to freely worship? And you're every day, are you going to freely worship? Are you going to freely walk about in the freedom that Jesus has paid for you for? Or are we just going to back into sin and go, back into slavery, I go. Again, if we don't use this freedom correctly, it's a bit like those everyday things. We're not getting the full potential out of it. What could your life look like living in the freedom of Jesus intended? What could your everyday life look like? Because if we're honest, we held our pants, we're not probably living in the freedom that we would like to. What would it look like if we really lived in that freedom? And this is my concern tonight, and I'll move on in a minute. But my concern is that I feel Christians are living our, we're living our lives with no, not, no full awareness of what Jesus has paid in the cross, church. I feel that sometimes we just think it's a ticket into heaven and then we'll just go through life struggling until we get to heaven. But there is more. There is more that this book has intended for us. There is more that we, God wants us to live in freedom. John 10, 10, I have come that you may have life and have life in all of its fullness, that he wants us to live our lives not half measured, but full. The second thing I want to say is power to see miracles. John 14, uh, 12 to 14 says this. Jesus is just about, he's speaking to his disciples. He's just about to uh, go and, and be crucified on the cross. And he says to disciples this, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You, can't, you can ask, sorry, for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And so here's Jesus. He's just lived about 30 odd years of his life and he's about to die 
and resurrect and ascended to heaven. And he's saying this, listen, guys, you've seen me do a lot of miracles around here. You've seen me heal. You've seen me feed thousands of people. You've seen me walk in water. You've seen me raise dead. You've seen so many things. But he said, I don't want the miracles to stop. I want them to keep going. And I want, you have two stipulations. I want you to believe in me and I want you to speak in my name. I want you to believe in me and I want you to ask in my name. And there again, we have this idea of the name of Jesus the name of Jesus. Not just, don't just believe in me, but ask in my name. There is power in my name. And so you want you to speak my name every day. I want you to carry my name and speak it over your situations. Speak it over your workplace. Speak it over that friend who needs, a, who needs hail. Speak it over that family who needs hail. I want you to speak my name because there is power in my name. And the problem, I think, is we don't do it enough. We don't, we don't see miracles because we don't do it enough. We're happy with Christian living. But if we're honest, when was the last time, church, you were filled with the Spirit? When was the last time you seen a move of the Spirit in your life or around your family? When was the last time that happened? When was the last time you saw the, the Spirit move in your home or in your workplace? When was the last time the Holy Spirit used you when you were led or when you were prompted by the Spirit? When was the last time? I'm not saying we don't do it at all. I'm just saying I don't feel that as followers of Jesus, we do it enough. And a verse I shared this morning, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power. He has given us a spirit of power. Do you know what is living inside of us? Power to make a difference. Power to change your communities, to change your workplace, to change the, the people in work that you talk with, at your lunch table. There is power in the spirit that is in you. You miss 100% of the opportunities you don't take. You miss 100% of the opportunities you don't take. That's like, David, of course we'll do. Like, of course, that makes sense. I didn't take any opportunities. I'm not going to hit anything. It makes sense. But then why do we want to see, church, why do we want to see miracles in our community when none of us are praying for anything? Why do we want to, how do we expect to see miracles going on if we're not even trying it, if we're not asking for miraculous things in the name of Jesus? Why are we not asking for it? We'll never, we'll never see miracles if we don't try. Jesus, I believe Jesus intended salvation to be more than just a waiting room. And more than just you and I waiting for a ticket to heaven, but he intended for our salvation, that, that us to be saved is to actually make a difference in the people around us. He intended to live in the power of his name. And so what are you doing with the power inside of you? Because we see after this, this moment that Jesus says to them, I'm about to go. We see in Acts, the early churches formed, the early churches started. And we see what? We see a church, a guy, a group of guys, about 120 or so, to a 3,000. Why? Because the Spirit is in them and the Spirit decides to do something and they decide to act boldly. And so Act 3, 6 and 7 says this. Peter said, I don't have any silver of gold for you. There's a man begging by the street. He needs money. And he says, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the, man, the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. As he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Why? Because he spoke the name of Jesus over a situation. Because there is power in the name of Jesus. There is, the power of the name of Jesus can bring power to your life and to mine. The third thing I want to talk about is the power of contentment. The power of contentment. So we have the, the power of freedom for you and I to be free. 
the power to see miraculous things in our day-to-day lives if we speak the name of Jesus over situations, if we carry the Spirit with us. But I also believe, churches, something is the power of contentment. And Philippians 4, 10 and 13, to 13 says this. Paul talks to the church in Philippi, which um, John shared this morning about Paul's relationship with this church. And Paul says this, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do all things, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And this is, uh, this is something that you'll usually see on like church, church Facebooks, uh, like this beautiful version, or you might see a weirdo getting a tattooed in his wrists. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it's a beautiful verse. It's incredible. It's so encouraging. And it, it, it uplifts us. It motivates us. But see, in context, it's even better. It's even better in context because Paul is saying, this here is the answer to contentment. This here is the answer for you, no matter what your situation, no matter what your season, whether you have everything or whether you have nothing. The thing that you need is Jesus Christ because once you have him, you have everything. So you can live no matter what situation, no matter what season. If you have no job or if you've got your promotion, you can live because you have Jesus If you're in all health or if you have no health, you can live because you have Jesus. This is the answer to contentment, church. This is the power of contentment. Paul says the secret is in Jesus. And and again, like these things, I'm not bringing the bacon foil out again for you, but like those things, if, if we are not using, if you don't feel like Jesus is all you need or Jesus is everything to you, then can I say, we're not doing it right. We're not, we don't fully understand who Jesus Christ is. If you feel like you have nothing when you have Jesus, then can I say we're not doing it right? Because the secret and the answer, Paul says, to having everything or nothing is in Jesus Christ. He gives me all I need. He is my strength. Jesus intended for your life to be content with him. Imagine this, church, how different our lives if you, we would be if you grasped that Jesus was all you need. Imagine the risks that you would take on a day-to-day if you knew, that's all I need. I don't need people's approval. I don't need that. I don't need people's exception. I just, I just need Jesus. What risks could you take? Imagine the joy that you would have if all your joy was found in Jesus. Imagine your perspective if contentment was found in Jesus. Imagine how you could love people if you were able to live in any situation because of Jesus. And imagine your positivity on a day-to-day level, if you knew that Jesus was all that you needed, if we grasped the power of contentment in every situation, church, I believe that our faith as followers of Jesus would grow quicker. James 1 and 2, again, sure this morning, says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble, when trouble, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Imagine going into trials and situations, knowing Jesus is all I need. I'm content in Jesus. Going into a trial, going into a struggle, going into an opportunity where you didn't get a job or, or financial breakdown or worries in your health or worries with a, a relationship or, or family situation. Imagine just going in and going, Jesus is all I need. 
This is just, this is a struggle coming into my life. This is a trial. I'm going to, I know that, you know what, this is difficult. This is not what I wanted. If I had written this out, this wouldn't have been the direction I would have chose for my life to go. But you know what, Jesus is all I need. And so actually, if I go in with that perspective, I can change this situation. I can go and grow. And my, my faith can grow and my endurance can grow and my love for people can grow. Why? Because I'm going in with the right perspective that Jesus is all I need. There is power, church, for us to live in contentment. If we would fully understand that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, it means that you can go through all situations because he is the one who gives me strength. Imagine facing trials with the power of contentment in every season. That power is found in Jesus. And, And finally, my final point is this, power of victory. I'm going to ask Stuart and the guys to come up power of victory. First John 4, 4 says this, but you belong to God, my dear children. You've already won a victory over these people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. And so we have this book, First John. The context of First John is John is an old man at this point and he is writing a book to the church and he's trying to encourage them. And this is the, the same John that a lot of us would know is the one, the disciple that Jesus loved. He was the one that lay on Jesus at the in the Last Supper, the, his, the beloved disciple, friend, that he is writing to the, this church and is encouraging the believers. He's encouraging the believers around and saying, listen, you are loved. And there is victory in the name of Jesus. And verse four, you've already won a victory because the spirit who lives in you is greater than he who is in the world. We have victory, church, because he is victorious. We have victory because he has already won. Hebrews 12, 2, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated on the place of honor beside God's throne. And I want us to put this out here as a disclaimer as well. Because Malcolm also talked about it last Sunday morning, that sometimes we feel that the, the Christian life, we've got the theology of it wrong, that we go out and do you know what? Maybe Davey, is Davy just saying that if I just go out and, and speak Jesus over some stuff, I win, I get victory. Unfortunately, that's not always going to happen. But there is power in the name of Jesus that you speak over your situations. And I believe sometimes, church, that, that victory... When Jesus says victory, I believe he's talking about the victory in the long haul. He's talking about the long run. He's not just saying, I would love to give you victory in just this wee thing. But do you know what? There's a bigger picture. And I want you to have victory for the big picture. I don't want to give you this wee victory in these wee things. I want you to give you victory of yourself. Victory inside so that you don't walk away from me. John 10, 10 talks about the, the fact that the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he doesn't just to come to steal, kill, and destroy your situations right now. He is wanting to destroy your relationship with Jesus. He's wanting to destroy your relationship. And so I believe Jesus is saying, I want to give you victory, but I want to give you victory in the big fight, the fight and the race of faith. And so what I want you to do is I want you to fight this. I don't want you to give up. And this is a word I believe that's maybe just for a few of you in here tonight. That I believe Jesus said, I don't want you to give up this fight, but I'm giving you victory in the long haul that if you stay in this fight, if you endure this fight with me, that I will give you victory at the end because I know the end. Because at the end, church, Jesus wins. At the end, we win. At the end of it all, we will die a death. 
but we will rise with Him and we win in the end. And that is the victory over the name of Jesus, over your sin, over your condemnation, over your struggles. There is condemnation over some of you. You feel condemned, you feel guilty, but I want to encourage you, we win. We win. That's what is over your life. That is the victory over your life that Jesus wants to bring to each and every one of us. John 16, I have told you all this so you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And so church, tonight these, these guys are going to sing a song over us. And I want to encourage you that we're going to, they're going to sing a song and I'm going to come up and, and do something else as a response, quick response. But I want you to think about the name of Jesus simple five-letter word, Jesus, but the power that is in that name, the power that is at the mention of that name, the power of the name that you can speak over your situations right now, over your workplace, over the, the struggle, that you're, the personal struggle that you're having with your own life, over whatever's going on around. These guys are going to sing this song, and I just want, to th- I want you to focus in on that name as they sing, and I'll come up and, and close in a wee minute.